Welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is your host, Frank Congelos. Pleasure to be with you this week. You know, over the last several weeks, we've been talking about different aspects of money and finance and what I refer to as the three R's, which is how do you build your wealth and how does it all work? You know, and as I think about that, you know, we were doing it within the context of know the state of your flocks. You know, but Proverbs tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Uh, fools despise wisdom and instruction. And when I think in terms of wisdom and instruction, that's kind of going to be our jumping off point for this week's show. And the reason why I say for this week's show, there's a lot of information in the public sector on how people become wealthy, what do they do, how does it happen, and it doesn't take very long before we see an advertisement or a commercial that says that they have the answer to that. So with me today, my partner in crime, you know, as I kid about that, you know, (laughs) when we do our show, David Suki, uh, Executive Vice President over with me at CNA Financial Group and the Institute of Responsible Wealth. So Dave, welcome. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks, Frank. Good to be with you again. So, you know, when we think in terms of money and wealth, you know, I kid and I say, you know, in fact, I just started writing another book on this. And I say, you know, it's interesting. If I were to watch television, we would be led to believe that I can get an app for my phone and I can trade. And it should be as simple as a baby could do it. And I could trade my way into becoming wealthy. Or, you know, I can go into a board meeting as a Peanuts character and make financial decisions on what I should be doing with my wealth. Or if I just walk outside the building and I look hard enough on the ground... Some green line will come along and will direct me to how I'm going to have wealth and what it's going to be. And we happen to know that that's really not true. So I thought that where we would kind of launch our program today is just being truthful and upfront. You know, they say, you know, John 8.32 tells us the truth will set us free. So let's talk about the truth as it relates to money and finance and how do people become wealthy? What have they done? And then what are the opportunities that someone has to become wealthy? So with that being said, I'm going to turn to Dave. I'm going to say, Dave, you and I have been in this business a long time. Mm -hmm. We advise a lot of people. The most successful people that we have come across, what have you seen and what are the top areas that you've seen that they've really built their wealth and that they've become wealthy? Yeah, so Frank, um, it doesn't take you long when you're in the financial game to – start to discover what that is, right? So, um, and you've written about it and, and you know, uh, shared it with uh, many of us. The, the first place that I've seen is through, they invest in themselves. You know, they, first of all, they have a passion, they have a why. So let, let's start there. There's a why of what they've done. Usually that's motivated them and inspired them and driven them to be successful. But then they usually have done a, one of a few things. They've invested in themselves, their so education. Get, I was going to say, so they're educated about it. It's not yeah. that they take that passive, submissive role that I'm going to hand my wealth over to somebody or I'm going to hand my income over to somebody. And by magic, they're going to come back and I'm going to look at this 20 or 30 years later and say, oh, thank you so much. I'm yeah. wealthy. Yeah. No. Yeah. Not not at all, Frank. Right. So they, they have taken the steps. And I, here's what I mean by the steps. Some people do it through college and then through master's degrees and through highly skilled professions. Others do it through business experiences and I mean Frank look at yourself right I mean growing a company from uh, you know most people don't know you're 30 plus years into this and you're only 52 
right? Correct. So, so they have to do the math there and figure out like, yeah, you, this is all I've ever this done. This is all you've ever done. So there's examples of that, and then we've met met many great clients through the years that. Yeah, they just they grew a company or a business, and that was their education. And they, you know, uh, they invested lots of their money behind that. You know, and one of the statements that I always make is, you know, as it relates to investing in yourself, um, whether you work for somebody or you work for yourself, the key is this: is that money follows value. That's right. And the greater the value that I can provide to someone, and of more value I can be to them in their life we get compensated for that value. And so that should always be, you know, so when we look at um, my best investments in me and then the turnaround to that, and it's almost a form of stewardship, which is I take that God-given ability and I provide value for others. And the higher the value, the more the value, the more the compensation that will ultimately go along with that. And that's actually how it works. We used to have a, you know, God rest his soul, a mentor in our lives, both of us, the, the coach that used to tell us, he never worried about people stealing his stuff because he said, I can create it faster than they can steal it. Correct. And he got that. He said, I'm creating value, and that's how, my, that's how I, you know, I choose to live every day. So um, that's number you, one. Invest in yourself. The secondly is, and I kind of mentioned it previously, they, they're business owners. They're entrepreneurs. They've taken the risk to step out or – They've grown into a position in a company where they've become an owner at some point where they are an owner of something or they've created a company to um, – of their own. So that would that, – that's one of the biggest things we see to, of why they're successful. And when our listeners hear that, we're not suggesting necessarily that you're going to run out and open your own business. But you should understand that people that have done that effectively what they've done is they found a way to have ownership in something um i call it you know they have equity yeah now it happens that the equity position and equity as we've discussed over the last few weeks represents stock so i own stock in my own company so they have a very focused and a very deep investment in themselves and in their own business and because of that their return of time and money may be significantly higher than any other return that they may have earned somewhere else. That's correct. However, the other side of that, and we have to always, you know, I always say we got to give full disclosure, there's a tremendous amount of businesses that start up and fail, and there's a variety of reasons for that. I write about it in An Entrepreneur's Guide to Responsible Wealth, which is a book that's available on the market, by the way. You can get it on Amazon, a little plug for the book. (laughs) (laughs) But all kidding aside is, is that you just need to know that, and you need to be aware of it that, okay, I'm going to open my own business. Well, it's like, yeah, but you got to invest you gotta in invest. yourself first. Yeah. Then you got to make sure that you do your homework second. And then if you want to be an entrepreneur, if that's your calling, then create value for people and be rewarded for that value that you create. You got to do it right. And, Frank, we're, we're especially here on the East Coast, some on the West Coast may have had different experiences with the technology world, right, and creating something in a Correct. year and it sure. being worth millions and billions of dollars. Um, for the most part, they didn't start out with a lot of money or a lot of wealth. No. They started out with, you know, passion, passion, a why, and then they they grew into, they made mistakes. They learned from their mistakes. They didn't make them again. They built, and this is something else in, in terms of how they got wealthy. The assets in their life are their people that they surround themselves with, not just the dollars that they've made. So th- there's a theme there there's, for a lot of people that we see that have Dave, you said something there, um, which is – and I hope that all of our listeners really kind of got what you just said. 
It's about the other people that they followed. So it's like anything else. And I really do believe that what, what occurs is, is that this process, okay, works the same in any aspect of our life. So I give health-related examples, mm. not that I'm the healthiest guy in the world, although thank God I, you know, I'm healthy, but like fitness and things of that nature. So it's a very simple concept. You know, which is if we all look back and I said, so, Dave, I won't do this to you and put you on the spot. But all I right. said, Dave, so, you know, what was your weight back in, you know, high school? <laughs> okay. Or if I said that to myself, you know, in high school, I was probably 20 pounds less than what I am today. Yeah, yeah. It's about for me. So, and, and so if we looked at that and I said, Dave, would you like to get back to your high school weight? We can meet with a nutritionist. And we can meet with someone who focuses on exercise. And they can give us a plan that would do that. And if we followed that, we would be back at our high school weight. Well, it's interesting. As it relates to money and finance, here's what will go on. It actually could work, and it's feasible, that one of a couple things. If I was in business and I was saying, okay, Dave, so do what I tell you to do and you'll be successful in the business. And by the way, Dave does a wonderful job of that. And we have 40 advisors, but not everybody does it. Mm -hmm. But if you do the things that successful people do and you follow what it is that they're doing, you'll be successful, okay? The problem with that is, is that it's simple but not easy. We really don't want to necessarily right. do that. That's right. You know, there's a, um, a term out there um, where we call it alignment, okay? Uh, cognitive dissonance is another way that they talk about that, and that cognitive dissonance basically means that in our mind, we know what it is that we want to do, but our actions are not in alignment. And so that happens in many aspects of life, which is I want this, but I don't do the things that are in alignment to help right, me get that. Right. So when we talk in terms of building wealth, we're going to tell you what you should be doing. And the challenges that we have, which I'm going to talk about in just a few minutes, are the things that stop us from doing it, and you need to be aware of it. So as we get past owning your own business, if you do, great. And I'm going to tell you what that is. Make sure you're creating value for people. you got a good process. Yep. But then there's another area that people have become wealthy in our country. And, and again, this is stuff that people are aware of that exists. Real estate. People that own and, and, and either develop or you know control or whatever you want to call it have real estate in their life and they're very good at it. They've become experts at it. And there's a lot of wealth created Correct. in those in that area of finance, Frank. We see it all the time. Our wealthiest clients, all of them usually own some type of real estate. And the and the key with that is is that they often saw value in what wasn't obvious. So it might have been raw land and then they saw what it might be in the future and they created value by when they brought it from raw land to something else. Or they had an older piece of property where what they did is they had a tenancy rate of 20% and they got to 100% and all right, of a sudden right. because they created value in that, all of a sudden it's worth more. So it's, it's real estate. It's a great tool that I can be active with, but I had to create value in doing it. But even before I would have ever done that, I would have had to have invested in myself to know what the heck I was doing. That's with right. It. That's right. So just so that we're on the same page. Yeah. And then the last one. Well, Dave? we talk about this, you know, in terms of ec equities, right? Investing in stock outside of your own company. Um, usually, Frank, the wealth that gets people that are wealthy from that 
are sitting somewhere on, uh, on, as an executive or, or highly compensated officer of a company or, or you know, a, a representative of a company, and they have these things that, that they get gifted or, or not gifted, rewarded every year, stock options Correct. or restricted stock, things that they, they get these in chunks because of their performance and they're able to cash in one day for millions and millions of dollars because of the where they were able to, to get awarded at and where they wound up selling it at. You know, and when people hear that, they go, "Oh, yeah, I've heard. You know, I've heard of those things, but I'm not really sure. You know, how would I do that? Exactly. And unless you're an insider, which is what we call those people, yeah. you, know, you you don't get that opportunity. No. So, for most of our listeners who are not insiders, their exposure to stock, and when I say stock, which will be some form of equity investment. Mm-hmm will be through some form of an investment advisor or a money manager or a 401k or for an IRA or some platform like that, which is where we'll spend the rest of our show talking about that because there's an illusion that goes on. And the illusion that goes on uh, effectively is where we say, you know what? XYZ fund or ABC stock was such a good stock last year. I think that's where I should place my money. Dave, what's the problem with that one? Well, Frank, what goes up must eventually come down, as we know. Likely that one is not going to repeat its performance. Yeah. In fact, the opposite from our research usually occurs at some point. You know, it's funny is you know, when Dave says that, there's even a disclaimer on pretty much anything that people do as it relates to investments, and it's a, nobody really thinks about what it says. And what the disclaimer actually is saying is that future, you know, past performance – is not reflective of future results. But yet you meet with an investment advisor and he goes, look what this fund has done in the past, yeah. as if it's going to do that going forward. forward. And I have yet, in my 30-some-odd years of doing this, and I have a very extensive education in this, I've yet to find the person that can tell me what mutual fund, what stock, what bond, or what investment is going to be the one that's going to go up for the next three years, five years, or 10 years. Yeah. So when we know that that's the case, okay, what we tend to do is, you know, we're making poor decisions sometimes as it relates to investing, which is we're investing based upon past track records, which is one of the biggest mistakes of investing. That's right. So that being said, for our listeners, that's one of the things that we're, you know, we're bringing out to you in this week's show, which is past performance really is not indicative of future results. So now we'll go to part two of that, which is, you know, I started the show talking a little bit about the media. And when I talk about the media, the media is almost having people believe that you can invest on your own. And it's easy to invest on your own when things are going up. So if we just think through the psychology of what's occurring, what do we want to do, Dave, when things are going up? We want to be part of it. Correct. We want to jump in. Correct. Yeah. So the tendency then is, is that emotionally we start making a decision, and the emotional decision that we're making when markets are going up is I want to be a part of it. Yep. Which means that I'm investing where? Uh, I'm, I'm investing at highs. Correct. And then what happens is, is when the market goes through a correction or it has a sell-off, I start losing my stomach, kind of like being on a roller coaster. So if I was down in Disney on Thunder Mountain and I'm going up and down, and all of a sudden I, I hit the low spot and I lost my stomach, I'm ready to jump off the ride. Yes. And so investors, when the market starts selling off and they have fear 
and they start running for the exits, what are they doing what now? What are they doing now? Yeah. Now what we're doing is we're selling at the bottom, yeah. which is totally the opposite of everything we've ever been taught, which is we want to buy low and sell high, or we want to you know, avoid those emotional decisions. But because we're human, this is what we're experiencing. So what we're doing is we're doing emotionally based investing. And as we start wrapping up this show, you know, there was a movie years ago that I love, you know, and it was Trading Places with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yeah. And there was a you know, point in the movie where Eddie Murphy is sitting there with the two owners of Duke and Duke, and they come out and they say, whether people are buying or selling, it doesn't matter why. We, they still get paid. Yep. So <laughs> as we wrap up today's show, we're going to continue this on to next week's show. But I'd like everybody to really walk away this week understanding is like, you know what? Most of what we've heard of investing is a lot of advertising. You need to know the truth, and we're going to be spending time with you over the next few shows doing it. So for all of our listeners, you've been listening to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is Frank Congelos, our guest host today, also David Suki. Any questions, write to us at the Institute of Responsible Wealth, 2431 Atlantic Avenue, Manasquan, New Jersey, or email us at info at ifrw.com. Thank you, and have a blessed week.